Okay, there we are. <laughs> okay. Huh? I can edit. I can edit any of it out. It's <laughs> what a great, what a great start. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay, here we go. everybody and welcome to season one episode two of angel talk reflections of an ambitious angel mom my name is philip kerrigan i am the executive director of raise for rowan we are the organization that helps families suffering through the tragic loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support this is the podcast that we hope helps you get from day to day provides you some some tips and some uh grief relief if you will uh, we're so excited that uh, we dropped episode one last week. Thank you, everybody who listened to it. Um, we rambled. We invented new words like wantable. Um, I'm just going to share. I make up new words. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That voice you hear is that of the ambitious angel mom herself. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Bryn Johnson. I am the co-founder of Race for Rowan and Ambitious Angel Mom. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Um, and once again, we're just really happy to have everybody uh, tuning in again. This week, we're going to talk, last week we talked about the story and, and Bryn's journey through her own grief, and we're going to obviously be doing a lot of that. We're going to try and connect you with different ways of dealing with your own grief through Bryn's experience herself. Uh, next week, we're very excited because we'll have a special guest, but this week, we're going to talk in particular about two emotions that you are guaranteed to feel through this entire process, and that is grief and joy. Two emotions that at first glance you feel like they shouldn't even, like they don't ever exist in the same room together, but you'd be surprised how many times that we deal with both emotions at the same time. Uh, reminds me a lot of uh, when my eight-year-old son came to me one time and he said, uh, Dad, I feel happy and sad at the same time. And I told him, oh, son, that's called bittersweet. And then he said, oh, yeah, I feel bittersweet. So true. <laughs> and I think as you go through this process a lot, you're going to feel a lot of moments that are bittersweet, that filled, that are filled with both grief and both joy. So we're going to talk today about how, Bryn, you have personally dealt with moments of both grief and joy at the same time, how you deal with joy and not feel guilty about it while you're grieving, and um, just basically different ways to try and bring some joy, bring some happiness, bring some things back into your life that maybe uh, you had before your angel passed. Uh, before we start, though, I want to give a, a brief definition of both grief and joy, and then you'll see how these two kind of come together. Uh, so um, grief is intense. It doesn't feel normal. Your connection feels lost to the ones who have passed. Grief is the healing process that brings us comfort in the form of pain, really, if you mm -hmm. think about it. Yeah. Uh, and joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Uh, it's even higher than just happiness. It's this other sort of, it feels pure. It's, it's, it's yeah. much more like overwhelming. Fills your heart and soul. Yeah. But what's interesting about both of them is that they can be overwhelming on their own. You can be overwhelmed by joy. And you can absolutely certainly be overwhelmed by grief. Yeah. So the two of them are very intense emotions. Um, and to feel them both together at the same time is pretty sometimes indescribable, I would imagine. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about, um, about that, about grief and joy and how to kind of live with both uh, together. Hopefully we can help you get to day by day 
experiencing both of these emotions rather intensely, especially at the beginning. Uh, so, Bryn, we're going to start with um, we're going to start with a tough question right off the bat. <laughs> There's always a tough question. Yeah, yeah. So, um, when when the accident happened, obviously there is the incredible all enveloping grief that comes that you're barely able to move through a lot of different things. Um, how long did it take you to even feel some bit of joy again in your life after the accident happened? Do you remember? Well, I will be completely honest, and I do want to just uh, agree with Philip. We are not like, you know, trained therapists. Yeah, or we're not professional like counselors. I'm just sharing simply my story, but um, it was really a blur for the first few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I was a truly joyful person for those first few years. Really? Um, but I did find that little things would still bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Within a few weeks, it was like, thankfully, I had a huge support system, but like my family would be taking me out to go um, on walks or hikes. And um, really, the first any kind of comfort or joy I experienced was just being out in nature again. Like, it's just very calming and peaceful. Mm. And and I found a lot of that. That was therapeutic for me. And it did bring me a little bit of joy to be outside in nature and um, and just the simple things because you start to realize that you can't take anything for granted. Yeah. So I think whatever brings you joy, especially in those beginning times and that first year is just so hard. Um, but even just like a good cup of coffee and a good cup of wine, or I remember my cousin bringing me Starbucks refreshers yeah. like every day really? for the first two months <laughs> after yeah. my daughter passed, because that was like all I looked forward to. Yeah. Cause like I had no appetite. So uh, yeah, I was just so joyful to have a Starbucks refresher, and mm-hmm. she would bring me one every single day. And yeah. <laughs> that was what I found joy in for those first few weeks. So yeah. I think it can be anything, but, like, start with the small things. And then, you know, fast forward to five years later, I find joy every day. Uh-huh. I live a pretty joyful life now five years later where um, I have a lot of things to be joyful mm-hmm. for. So mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, in the beginning, it's very, very little and then as time goes on, I think you can find more and more. Right. Uh, did you ever feel guilty about, um, especially at the beginning, when you are a grieving mother and you're trying to you're you're trying to remember your child as many moments of the day as you possibly can? Did you ever feel guilty about feeling moments of joy that weren't necessarily connected to Rowan? Yeah, I did, and I still do. Um, I think that's a hard challenge to overcome and conquer because. When you do feel that joy and you're in the grieving process, what went through my head was I would never want Rowan to think that I'm moving on yeah. or like over her or forgetting her or anything. And believe me, that's all that's on my mind 24-7. I mean, she's – that's all – you're constantly thinking about your child, so whether they're here or they're in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so I can say, you know, it's probably even more emphasized when she passed away where it's like that consumed my thoughts 24-7. But if I did find myself having a really great day, I would almost beat myself up for it. You're right, right. Like, you know, you do. You feel guilty because I just I would talk to her out loud and just be like, you know, Rowan, I I don't want you to ever think that like I still don't mourn you. Like I'm so sad. You do. You feel guilty. Um, and the only way I started to come to terms with that was I really pictured what would Rowan want from me. And um, would she want to see 
her mom and her dad be so stuck in our grief and consumed by it that it affected our everyday lives, affected her siblings. We also have, you know, a son and a daughter that are here with us. So I thought, you know, Rowan would not want me to be moping around every day and have it affect me as a parent and have me be affected as a wife. Like I want to be the best me I can be. And I'm going to be that for her Yeah, because she is always watching. So, um, it's, it, I tried to kind of flip it around and be like, you know, I want to be better for Rowan. Um, and I don't think she would want me to sit around and be miserable every day. She wants to see mommy happy and she wants to see daddy happy and her brother and sister happy. So we still honor her in everything that we do. I just try to be happier. Yeah. And I think that's a snowball effect. I think when you start like the more happy days you have in a row, it like it's easier and easier to keep that pattern going. So at the beginning, let's go this, let's do this maybe by percentages. Okay. At the beginning right after it happened, what's the ratio of day-to-day of grief to joy? I imagine it's 100% to 0% grief versus joy. Was Were there en- ever any moments at the beginning, or was it, uh, this is grief, period? Uh, it was grief, period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, was, yeah. <laughs> there was really, um, you're so, I think, your life has flipped upside down. So you're, you know, rock bottom. And I was there for consumed in that for quite a while. Like I said, my joy was getting a Starbucks refresher. Um, and that was the only thing I could be like, well, I'm enjoying this Starbucks refresher, but, um, no. So I would say it was honestly pretty much like a zero to Mm 1% in the first few months. Um, and then like little things when I started getting like the sissy signs, um, those would bring me a lot of joy and I would focus on those and I would read a lot and I would, try to feel connected to her as much as I can. And those things manifested more joyful moments. Yeah. So, um, and then as time has progressed and went on, it's just gotten a little more joyful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like we'll talk about this in future podcasts, but you know, holidays are always very emotional mm-hmm. when you are missing a loved one that may not be here. Yeah. Regardless if it's a child or a parent or really a anybody. Yeah, yeah. Anybody. I mean, grief is so hard for, I think so many people during the holidays. Um, and overcoming that like took years. Like, honestly, I will say this was year five for us. And this was the first Christmas that I like was pretty much purely happy. Like I had that sadness where I'm missing her, but I was like happy at the same time. So before that, I was like, I didn't even want to participate in Christmas. So I can say, I think it does get better. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So this is an interesting one to me. How do you manage living with both day to day? Uh, so you will never have a day where you don't have some moment of, of grief or reflection on Rowan. But the days become more and more progress- as you progressively more filled with joy, as you said, as you experience new things. How do you manage, how do you personally manage day-to-day living with both so intensely? Yeah, I will, I will admit that it can be so overwhelming um, and it's exhausting because you're so high strung all the time. Well, at least I am. <laughs> I don't know if everybody else is, but I'm a pretty high-strung person. Yeah. So whether it be um, pain and sadness or joy and happiness, I'm right. pretty high-strung all the time with what my emotions, whatever I'm going through. And um, you're an intense, I, you're an intense, intense feeler to begin with. Yes, yeah. exactly. So 
Yeah, it's exhausting. And I think in the first few years of that, you really have to slow down. Mm. And and that's fine. That was a hard thing for me to adjust to because I've always been a super busy body, busy person. Like, here we go. Let's get it all done. And um, I think your body just literally tells you, nope, we're shutting down. We're going slow mode. And so um, that was fine, but it was an adjustment. And I've kind of slowed down my whole pace of life ever since mm. my daughter passed. And I think you can't put as much on your plate, but I think you really have to acknowledge and feel those feelings. Because mm -hmm. I think when you spend a lot of time and a lot of years ignoring it, like not facing the grief, not facing the sor sorrow, right. and you're just doing the motions of going to work and being a parent and whatever else is on your plate, um, and you're ignoring those and pushing them aside, well, they come back with a vengeance. Okay. Then you have a, a breakdown. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I've had many yeah. of them where yeah. it is like, then you're just knocked down for days. And I would be like, thankfully, always surrounded by a lot of great people that support me. But like, you put on a brave face and ignore those, the sadness for so long where you finally just implode and you hit rock bottom and you're like, I can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And I literally am just mm -hmm. a hermit and I don't want to talk to anybody for a week. Yeah. Um, so now what I've kind of found myself doing to get through those times and actually starting therapy on my own uh, professionally has really helped me, and this is what she recommended and it helped me along the way, was to acknowledge those feelings a little bit every day. Mm. So, um, you know, of course we all want to experience joy. Right. But we don't want to experience the grief and the sadness. Right, right. But she's like, you know, if you can carve out like 10 minutes of every day where you're acknowledging those feelings, whether it be anger, sadness, whatever the icky feeling is that has to do with your grief, mm -hmm. sit in your room or wherever you are, your car for 10 minutes of that day and just acknowledge that feeling and cry or scream or whatever you feel like at the time you need to do. Mm -hmm. And when I started doing that, it sounds so bizarre, but when I started actually making time mm. set aside to just be like, okay, every day I just need to grieve a little bit. Yeah. I felt like I could go longer huh. in my daily routine in life without feeling like I'm going to implode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's been very helpful. A nice little tip that I brought with me from my own you know, therapy, and yeah. uh, it helps me in my everyday life. Yeah. You mentioned something as you were kind of working through that, that you have slowed down. Um, do you like the slower you, or did you like the fast-paced brain that was able to take care of multiple things at one time? Well, I definitely miss that brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, but I also, I kind of appreciate the slower pace. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know about other people, but I think it's, kind of a natural feeling where you miss the old you after mm -hmm. you experience a tragic loss. Um, like that old me where I was really carefree and super energizer bunny and I didn't really have too many bad days. I miss that person. Yeah. It's been a weird thing to kind of let her go and create a new person yeah. within myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm still trying to find like the new Bryn with this, um, you know, I switched career paths after my daughter passed away. Right. I mean, total different career paths. Total major change from being, you know, a full-time hairdresser where I was um, very social and on my feet in the creative industry yeah. all day long to now, you know, I deal with very sensitive topics of, you know, we're assisting families that have suffered the loss of a child and it can be very emotional, obviously, 
dealing with my own grief. Mm -hmm. But what I've realized is I have to be a slower me to do like what we do for a job. And it it helps me just be a better version of myself. And like, I'm better at home when I don't put too much on my plate. Um, So I've just kind of had to accept it. And I think I'll always miss like that phase of my life where I was like, wow, I used to like not forget stuff. I didn't have to have a planner that I lived by because like now I'm super forgetful. (laughs) That might be part of being a mom too. I'm not quite sure, but um, I have to write everything down. You know, things just change. I think when you are consumed with a lot of emotions and grief, um, it's hard to focus on like the day-to-day tasks that like might have not been challenging to me before. Yeah, and then you decided to start a nonprofit, which, wow, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, so well, what we're going to do now is we're going to introduce, last week we introduced Sissy Signs, which, of course, we will have throughout the duration of this podcast because I think they're so powerful every time we kind of go through them. And I think I encourage folks to look for your own Sissy Signs in your own life uh, for, with the people that that uh, that have passed on in your life. But now we're going to actually do a daily quote. So we're actually going to have some quotes in here from time to time because I think I'm a quote guy. I have a board filled with quotes he does. I do. <laughs> I, do. Uh, I I live and die by the quotes. Um, they get you through some 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 uh, some tough stuff. And so every once in a while, we're going to go ahead and introduce a quote of the day, starting with this particular podcast. And Bryn, you have the very first quote of the day. Can you give us a quote? It's a little bit of a long one. This is a little long quote. So stay tuned, people. All right, go ahead. Here's the quote of the day. The reality is, is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and rebuild yourself around the loss that you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same. Nor should you be the same or nor would you want to. By Elizabeth Ross. That is excellent. That's an awesome one. I felt like it was fitting. Yeah, we that was, that's pretty cool. You'll I never like be the same. You'll never be the same. I mean, you're rebuilding yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really gosh, that really hits on it. That really hits on the whole idea that it's just it for better or worse, it's just never going to be the same. Right. Yeah. So, um, kind of getting back to a few of the questions, uh, what are some tips that you would have for people going through this uh, that you would give them to f- basically like get through the day filled with the grief that they have? Um, I'm happy to share. Um, I I think that you have to start small and start with the simple things in the very beginning of your grief. So I think really find those little things or the little moments that do bring you joy mm-hmm. and make sure you have time for that yeah. a- every yeah. day. So, you know, and like I said earlier, allow yourself time um, to focus on your grief, even if it sucks, because it does. Um, and I think the fresher you are into the grief, the longer you have to focus that time on it. Yeah. But I just recommend doing it little by little. Even if you do like five minutes at a time at different times of the day, I Mm -hmm. think that that will help. Um, And then start, surround yourself with positivity because that has helped me too. Okay. Um, For the last, I would say over six months, I listened to any kind of uplifting or faith-based podcast every morning Mm -hmm. before I wake up 
wake up my kids. But yeah. like while I'm getting ready for the morning, I get my coffee and I'm listening to anything inspirational and positive and faith based. And that kind of sets the tone of my day. Yeah. So then, you know, when the chaos does start of like <laughs> being a parent or whatever else, yeah. you know, you're going to work mode, mom yeah. mode, whatever it may be. I think starting off my day fresh and in a positive place um, has helped me. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, you know, the ru- the nights can be rough when you're in grief. Yeah. So I that was a really that was like the hardest time for me. It was yeah. really like sleeping. I've had lack of sleep for years, right. and like, you know, you can have horrible dreams. And I was like, I need to find a positive place to start my day with every day. Yeah. Especially if I had a rough night. Yeah. So yeah. I started doing that, and that actually helped me become more positive for myself. Um. I really think too, if you can find any kind of outlet that helps you to like relieve your stress and your anger and pain, because obviously anger is a huge part of grief too. And I know that I think we all harbor that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I still fight it five years later where I just like get angry Mm. and um, you don't want to admit that. Like, it's not something fun to just admit that like you're pissed off. Yeah. Like my husband just knows, like he'll look at me and he's like, Oh, (laughs) she's mad. I mean, (laughs) but it might not have anything to do with him. It's like, and I I appreciate that he understands that because Mm -hmm. he's obviously in the same boat. Mm -hmm. But um, I think with grief comes a lot of anger and obviously you're stuffing that in so much. But like for me, I found, um, lifting weights has been so therapeutic because like I can blast my music and kind of tune out and like Mm -hmm. just release that anger and release that tension that I'm feeling. And it's been so positive for me where I, I'm in a better mood afterwards, you know, and like, obviously if you are active and you feel better, so mentally and physically, so it's kind of had a dual purpose for me. Um, but I just, you know, find an outlet for yourself. If you love being outside and in nature, you know, go for hikes go for a walk, you know, even if it's on your lunch break, get that fresh air going. And I know it kind of sounds silly, but when I, if I am doing that for myself and I'm on a walk, I will kind of almost think of Rowan while I'm doing it. And, Mm. um, it kind of gives me that, like that little bit of time where I'm feeling close to her, Yeah, where I'm just like out in nature thinking of her as I'm, you know, out taking a walk or whatever, yeah. and you're listening to the sounds of like the birds. And I don't know, it sounds kind of corny, but it works for me. So I'm going to yeah. share, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but, um, I love it. So I just think, you know, surrounding yourself with positivity and finding yourself a outlet to relieve some of your stress and anger is huge and allowing yourself time and slowing down because that's been huge for me too. Mm-hmm. I think we put so much on our plates and just in general, like as an adult, we're adulting, we have a lot on our plates. Like we are, just running ragged all the time. I mean, we all, you know, work and we do sports and we try to go to church and we do youth groups and after right. school programs yep. and you're baking food for, you know, somebody that's sick and you're, I mean, there's so yep. much, the list goes on and on, but you have to find a way to like allow a little bit of time for yourself. And I think that that's huge in your healing process. Yeah. Cause if you don't have time to nourish yourself, then what are you doing for everybody else? Right. Right. You're going to implode at yeah. some point. So you might yeah. as well just take that five minutes or 10 or half hour, whatever mm-hmm. you need and slice, slice away that little bit of time right. for you. So let's talk a little bit about um, being present. Cause I think that that is one thing that especially at the beginning is really, it's not even hard. It's just impossible mm-hmm. to, to, to be present, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Um, can you talk about how, uh, how important it was to begin 
the process of like locking back in, being present with those around you. How important was that for you to get through the really tough grieving process and get to a point where you could start to process both joy and grief in the same time? How important was it to be present and actually in conversations with people? Well, I do have to agree with you. I think in the beginning year, especially, it, it's like impossible to be present because I think you're in a fog. Mm-hmm. Speaking for myself, I was in a haze. I was in a fog. You don't right. remember what day it is. I mean, you. it's so hard to be present in your day-to-day life and focus on what is surrounding you when all you're consumed with is grief and thinking about, you know, Rowan and whatever. You know, you're just consumed in your loss and your hurt and your pain and the past. Um, For me, what was an eye-opener is having my daughter after Rowan passed, and she's now four, and I, um, you know, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was looking through all of our pictures of when she was a baby and videos and stuff, and I don't remember a thing of it. And I'm like, mm. thank, I was so thankful I have, you know, it documented. Mm. But I, it was so saddening that I like wasn't present for, I wasn't emotionally present like her whole beginning few years. I was yeah. just so consumed in my loss and my grief that I like don't remember her first steps. I don't remember her crawling. I don't remember um, a lot. Wow. And it like broke my heart. Like, mom tears come out because I remember that with my oldest son who's eight. I can remember his first steps. I can remember all of his first because I was present for him. Well, I I was not present with my third Monroe. And it's, it's only because I was so consumed in my grief that like I missed those moments. I may have been there, but I don't remember them. I know we took a vacation and we took the kids. Well, it was my daughter's first birthday was Mm. my youngest first birthday. We went to Hawaii and I, to this day, cannot tell you any of the details of that trip wow. unless I look at photos and get a little memory jarring of that. But um, wow. I think you're just so consumed because it was pretty recent after Rowan had passed. And that was so sad to me, yeah. you know, because I thought, geez, you're missing out on the good moments that you're getting, you know, with your living children because you're so focused on, you know, the grief. And I think it's important to live through that and and acknowledge your grief. But I didn't want to continue doing that because, like, I don't want to miss out on their lives, too. So um, that's when I kind of decided I needed to make more of a conscious effort to live in the moment and, again, slow your pace. You know, like, when I'm home from the day from work, like, my focus is my kids and my husband and, um, like, focusing on them and not anything else. So, And that's why I try to also make time to focus on my grief and my healing and think about Rowan. So that way I kind of have time for everybody. So it's, yeah. it's a lot of work. It is not like, yeah. I almost feel like that's why I have to have a schedule. Cause it's like, okay, this hour is <laughs> I have I'm, to I'm, have a planner. I'm, here's my work. Here's my Rowan yeah. time, my grief time, my me time and my kid time and my husband time. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a lot, but this unit of time is dedicated to yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I have to admit it can be exhausting, but at the same time, I feel like it's, it's helped me move forward in a way where I can be present with my kids that are here and yeah. be um, a better mom for them and still always honor Rowan and always give time for her as well. I think you're hitting on something that people who haven't 
lost children should do. I think we should all do it, which is to be present more often in the moment you're in. It's hard in this day and age, like fully we'll admit like, you know, our cell phones are glued to our hands. And I, um, actually for Christmas got my husband a cell phone jail. Ah, that's <laughs> and, awesome. and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not going to yeah. just throw him under the bus, but like, <laughs> I'm like at the dinner table when we are having dinner, like yeah. nobody's on a device. Agreed. There is no phone. And then I do get like irritated if his phone is in his hand. I'm like, hi, do I need to bust out the jail for your phone? Cause <laughs> yeah. like it's family time. Yeah. Um, yeah. because work follows us home or, you know, we have a yep. lot of things as adults in this day and age where mm-hmm. we are distracted. So um, I just really try to, yeah, when it's when it's family time, I really yeah. try to focus on it being solely family time. That's right. That's right. I mean, still listen to this podcast. You can be distracted yeah. listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, this could be on your, like, commute to work yeah. or your commute home exactly. or getting ready for the day. You know, like, exactly. carve out a little time for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. I mean, try to, try to be try to be 100% present in, in, in each interaction that you're having, and I think you'll find it to be... Pretty rewarding at the end of the day. Oh, it is. Yeah. I think there's something powerful about it. And when you can actually remember, like for me, when I can remember conversations that I had with my kids now, you know, even last week or something that are funny, I'm like, wow, I'm glad I actually remember that. Because yeah. a few years ago, consumed in my grief where I was, like not mm. being present, it's all over my head, not you know? possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the million dollar question is, um, does it ever get better? It really does. Um, it's a hard thing to explain because Mm. I think that pain always lives in your heart. Um, like your grief will always be with you, but yes, like life gets better. Mm. I think you just learn to navigate through it. And, um, you know, in the beginning it was minute by minute. You're just getting through a minute. Yeah. And then it was hour to hour. And I remember praying like every hour, like, Lord, just get me through this hour. Yeah. Because your heart hurts so bad. Like, you just want to shut down. Yeah. Then it was day to day. Then it was week to week. Um, and now I'm in a place where it's, like, way more good days than bad, you know. And you have a bad day, it's like, okay, well, I had a bad day. But it's like the good days outweigh the bad now. Mm. And it's great. Like, life is good again. And I don't want to diminish that that pain's not in my heart. But it's also, like, I have a really great life. And I feel really thankful and blessed to have so much joy surrounding me and good people. Um, I think we all have like triggers. Like if you've lost a child, I think you have harder times than others. Yeah. Like September is my month that I right. hate. Right. Like that is the month that my daughter passed away and um, it never fails. I kind of prepare myself for it, but it's a hard month. So I think you just have to be kind to yourself and, People be kind to those that are grieving because, yeah, like September's hard. I think holidays are hard. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think the good days do get more and more and more as your heart heals a little bit Uh, every day. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end uh, on that note. But one thing I do want to say is uh, give you a sense of some upcoming events and upcoming podcasts because we're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, upcoming events. The big one is April twenty fifth. It is the dinner and auction. We're very excited. By the time you hear this podcast, the website will be live. You'll be able to purchase tickets uh, for the April 25th dinner and auction. It's a huge evening that's um, elegance mixed with fun and and just really great. Uh, this year's theme is, Bryn? Nashville Nights at the Grand Old Opry. There you go. Nashville Nights for the, at the Grand Old Opry. So all you country fans, of which I am not one, 
<laughs> Poor Philip. He doesn't know what he's in for. I know. I'm I'm getting nervous. I already told him he has to wear a cowboy hat. Like, no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be an outfit. He's our outfit. MC of the show, by yes. the way. Yeah. It's going to be an outfit that I've never worn in the history of my life. So it'll be interesting. It'll uh, be fun. If you, if you come out for one thing, come out for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to laugh at Philip. Yeah, but um, it's entertaining though. It is going to be such a fun time. It's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to uh, be. We put a lot of effort into this event, and um, it's a huge fundraiser. Our biggest fundraiser of the year, every year for Race for Rowan. It helps a lot of families. Mm-hmm. So please support any way you can. Yep. We're always looking for auction items, big or small. Um, so if you can support us in that way as well, we would love to have any kind of auction items you're willing to donate. Yep. And. Please attend. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. We would it's love so much fun. We would love for you to come and, and enjoy the evening. Um, the other thing is some of the future podcasts. We're very excited for next week because next week is our very first special guest, mm-hmm. uh, Bryn's pastor, Pastor Jim Ford from just down the street here at New Day Christian. He he. Uh, we've already we pre-recorded his interview. It's amazing. I just want to let folks know it's really great. So make sure to tune in again next week. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Don't just listen. Subscribe to the podcast so you get this every single week. Remember to review us because otherwise other people can't hear us. So remember to do that too. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty neat. So thank you so much for engaging in the podcast, listening again or listening for the first time. And uh, if you liked it, we will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you so much.